0: Um, welcome to today's Tech and Career Talk, um, sponsored by BDPA and uh, partnered with Vanguard Consulting Group, LLC, and NetAmerica. Um, my name is Akil Bechtimba. I'm filling in for, for Devin Jenkins, who is the uh, Tech and Career Talk leader for BDPA. Uh, he should be on shortly, but we're going to go ahead and get started so that we can get you guys into this conversation and this uh, this this great subject and with our great guest. Uh, just a little bit about BDPA. BDPA is an international organization with diverse membership of professionals and students at all levels in the fields of information technology, computer science, and related STEM fields. And so, uh, this national organization is a fantastic partner for us, and we're working with them to do quite a bit of thing, uh, quite a bit in the workforce development and apprenticeship field. Uh, today, I am very excited. Uh, To be presenting with you with my colleague Amara Tennessee. And we're going to kick this informational conversation off about the importance of assessing or accessing, excuse me, Web3 blockchain opportunities through workforce development and apprenticeship. We'll also be discussing the possibilities uh, of expanding registered apprenticeship programs in the related areas and increasing the numbers of minorities uh, being involved or getting involved in the field. We are very, very thankful. Uh, for having Mr. Dantrell Felton of Apex Strategies with us today and representing the culture in the areas of Web3, blockchain, and growth in the IT industry. little housekeeping before we get started, um, before I let my, my uh, partners jump on here. Um, throughout today's tech and career talk, we will field as many questions uh, and answers as time allows. So please get involved, get engaged. And uh plug in your questions and comments in the uh, in the the chat box. Uh, it'll be monitored throughout the conversation so let me uh let me start by saying good morning to Danrell and Amara. how you guys doing
1: good morning super excited morning. to be here
0: good morning, good morning so um before we get started, let's just introduce everybody. I introduced myself already um We'll introduce our guest first, Dantrell Felton, and then and Amari, you can tell us a little bit about yourself also. Dantrell.
2: Oh, oh, okay. What's will start with my- You're <laughs> All right. So how you doing? Good morning. My name is Dantrell Felton. I am a consultant in the Web3 space. I also work uh, in the electrical industry as a consultant as well. Uh, more so dealing with uh, labor relations, training, uh, working with unions, and, and and things along that nature. But uh, today is a great day for this conversation because I'm also at the intersection of both of those uh, two fields, and where most people don't see there's overlap, there's a lot of potential for uh, workforce development, what the future of work looks like, and innovation from just your average blue collar person. So uh, it's nice. Nice meeting y'all. Uh, we, we've talked a couple
0: times, but it's good the show. No, all good, man. It's great to have you. um Before we jump into the conversation, my colleague Amara, Amara. Good morning.
1: Good morning, everyone. Really excited to be here and have this conversation about Web three and blockchain opportunities. Um, Vanguard Consulting Group. I've been with them for a few years and loving working in the workforce development space and seeing all the opportunities that we can create and promote. So really excited to have this conversation and learn more about some of the additional opportunities.
0: Cool. Cool. So Dantrell, let's just, let's jump into it. I am, I am from our previous conversations and things that we, you know, we've talked about uh, before I am waiting and so interested in how did you get into, how did you get into, to web three and blockchain? Like where, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey where you started, you know, where are you from? I know you're from Miami. Um, where you started, where you, you know, where you're from, and how did you kind of journey to getting to where you are right now?
2: Okay, um, so yeah, I'll start from the beginning, because I think this is the first time I've really, truly, like, had the time to explain it. So um, I am a Miami citizen, native, true and true, like, born and raised, always been here, plan on being here as long as I need to be. Um, my family ranges from down south in Perrine to Coconut Grove, all the way up into Broward, you know, and, and just for a lot of their areas. So, this is all I know. I lived in Liberty City, which is uh, uh, everybody's familiar with that. That's where uh, Muhammad Ali and Martin Luther King, this is the area that, that they will come to when they came to town. So, I'm from there originally, but I moved to Miami Gardens, which everybody knows for the Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, St. Thomas University, Florida Memorial, and so on. So I've had a full Miami Black experience from the top to the bottom. So I, I, I'm kind of accustomed with everybody in, in the city. So that that was always a cool thing. But, uh, you know, fast forward a little bit in high school, I was presented with an opportunity to work with Florida Power of Light as an electrical lineman. They were at a point where their workforce was so depleted that they had no other options but to turn to you know, the community and they came to schools with a two-year program that would teach you how to be ready for a line work apprenticeship uh, uh, job as soon as you turn 18. So, you know, I remember laying uh, uh being sleeping plans, actually. I was asleep and I heard on the announcement. Uh, make $27 an hour, and this was 2005. So I'm like, you know what? My mom makes somewhere around there, and we do all right. If I had that at 18, I'd be balling. So yeah. I didn't even know what line work was, but I got up, and I ran down to the office, and I said, yo, what was that program? I need to be a part of that, because I was thinking about being a firefighter. So i like, that that might be the one right there. So, okay. um, they eventually came to the school and they talked to all the 10th graders, um, only a few actually came out and only a few made it. I still actually have friends in the company now that still they're doing well. And um, yeah, that led me on my, my journey to, uh, I guess, being an electrician, but we call it line work for sure. And uh, from there, I had my ups and downs, you know, being a young man and being a part of a, a, a huge company uh, with so many other coaches where we're not necessarily represented. Um, you have to learn how to navigate that. And mm-hmm. not just doing your job good or great, it's also how to deal with men. Sometimes just being a man and coming in another man's space, that's a whole life lesson alone.
1: You know, Absolutely. so like,
2: you know, I, I had to understand how being a young, Black, uh, very confident person and coming into a field that is, not so much black, and mm-hmm. how the- But I've always felt comfortable. Um, the unions always do their best to make you feel comfortable, but there's always individuals, and these people are from anywhere. And I'm from a big city to where it, color doesn't play a part in my day, day-to-day like yeah. that. So I'm not used to actually seeing what racism actually looks like in, in mm-hmm. person, outside of what we may go through with police and just some of the lighter stuff. That you deal right. with, but you know, seeing somebody that really might hate you, that was a new thing. Oh, yeah. or just or not seeing it really. So um that led me to uh and I take full ownership. I was I did very good in that program, but I didn't know how to study. And um, uh, it's not that I didn't understand it. How testing is made for uh trades is we're not looking for D students, we're looking for B. And up students because right. you have to be capable, and my right. skill, level, physical skill level would always get me there, so I would never like take studying as serious as I could because I got the concept. But mm. yeah, there's a difference between saying, "Hey son, go over there and dig six feet over there," and uh, the guidelines say six point two five. Right. You know, I kind of picked up some of those bad habits, being really, really good, not thinking I need to know the books and. It led to us mm-hmm. not being able to fully progress the overhead line work, but that was a blessing in disguise because I got to experience um, not only underground and um, you know some of the customer service side, but I got to go into logistics. I got to uh, go into the management side, mm-hmm. and I had an um, uh, area manager, Graham Harris, black guy as well. He took me in when, like I said, I went through some rough patches with the company Nobody would, said, I'm healthy. And, and um, he allowed me to do a lot of professional development classes the company offers because I was the only one asked. Nobody in the union ever thought to take professional classes or upskills. It just didn't apply. Mm. A lot of times the union guys are making more money than the management guys. So they're not looking to go take a five day class at right. the corporate where we, we, we have our life the way we like it, and, and I'm fine with who I am. Mm. But I wasn't fine where I was. <laughs> so I, I had all the knowledge from being in the union, but I wanted to do more. So I, I started taking it, and I let that led me to Six Sigma. And Six Sigma uh, opened my eyes to how to find a problem, solve a problem, and, and really show how you solve that problem. What are the deliverables? What are the outcomes? Um, mm-hmm. Can you save a billion-dollar company 3% with your idea? And what does that mean to them? I started to get and that's to
0: a huge number depending uh, on the company. Yeah.
2: Exactly. But, when you know, when, before we get so financially educated, you think, well, I got $1,000, 3% is this. I ain't mm-hmm. thinking about it. I think right. about company when uh, billions of dollars of revenue and you're saving exactly. them, you know, 0. 0.75. 5% by improving their process, and that can all go to the associates or to your product created. So uh, I always had that in the back of my mind. Now we're going to jump a little bit more forward. Um, here we are at the pandemic. I'm about to top out all the life lessons I've learned about how to navigate and be a great worker and all of this stuff has come, finally come to head. I'm about to be uh, over, uh, underground. Like okay. That's more of a technical version of what line work is, but we do everything underground. So in New York, you don't see poles or power lines because everything's right. underground. So that, it's that version of the line. And um, unfortunately, an uh, accident happened. Uh, freak accident. And that put me out of commission to where it was nearly fatal, but just Ooh. so happened I got out of the truck at the right time. But um, Truck caught on fire, it got all over me. I was able to stop drop and roll, hurt my back. And uh and, and uh, I can laugh about this now, but you know, it was right. crazy. Like it's like I am in a fireball right now. But wow I got, I got past that. This is pandemic time. Um I was I always traded, you know, as retail before it was popular to do. So I had just mm. started to get good and uh when i was home and i wasn't able to go back that work is very rigorous like with that kind of back Mm -hmm. injury i had like yo this probably has shortened my career even if i'm able to go back Mm -hmm. yeah i I started trading it was the right time right in the bull run for stocks and crypto
0: it's amazing that um you know just kind of hearing even that portion of the story and i want you to keep going Um, but hearing that portion of the story, just to have kind of the foresight to get involved in some of those other trainings and, and upskilling yourself, um, in areas that, you know, even if they didn't directly, uh, impact or directly apply to what you were doing at the moment, you had kind of this ambition and this vision, uh, of what was to, to go forward. I actually worked, um, I have a small relatable story to that in that I, I worked as a, um, I worked as a meter reader, and this is way back in probably, uh, this is way, way back, I won't, I'm going I'm to show my age here, but it was way back in like
1: 95.
0: Uh, really so really yeah, so for, for PG&E, which is a, a huge utility company in California, and there were gentlemen, you know, there were guys, you know, union guys and guys there that, you know, have been doing that same job. I did it as a college, you know, college summer job, and they were doing it for, you know, 28, 30 years and and I just wondered how, you know, what's gonna happen when you physically can't jump over these fences and you can't get, you know, climb around and walk these miles and do all this kind of stuff. What are you gonna do next, you know? And so hearing you talk about the fact that you had this foresight, you know, that, you know, not even knowing that this accident was gonna happen, not knowing that these other things are gonna happen or that you were gonna be making this transition. Um, it's really cool to, you know, to, and I think that, you know, kind of a takeaway for people that's listening to this, you know, especially younger folks that are listening to this uh, this session today, you know, that upskilling, that upskilling, that upskilling is, is key. Um, and you can do it on your own. You can do it through, you know, your company, you can do it, but just to kind of put yourself in a position that if something happens where you physically can't do what you're doing, you have some some other ways to go and some other directions to go. So I, I commend you for for having that that hustle and having that kind of mind state to go into these other areas. Um, so now you now you're at the at the point where you know that part of it is is kind of coming to a close, but you are you upskilled on on Six Sigma, you did, you know, you did these management training classes, you got these other, you know, these other areas and now um, you've gotten into you said into some into the investing during the the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit? because um, a lot of people don't still don't know what that where where that relates, right? where what kind of investing was it? How is it related to our our topic today with with web three and blockchain? So kind of take us into that.
2: Okay, so um even, taking your your comment and going where I'm leading. So naturally, and I think we should always encourage our kids. Like I was always naturally curious. My dad put me on to like the Discovery Channel when I was young. So I would Mm -hmm. always be uh, interested in these random science topics, no matter what they were. And as you study um, more into it, you learn more about the nuance of dinosaurs or whatever the case may be. And um, I never fought that. I never understood it at first because me and my friends, would joke is like, yo, I know all the random facts. Like, I'm like, Google. Like, you can ask me about anything because I just take it all, you know, in mentally. And I never knew why, but I would always, you know, take that same approach to learning tasks. Like, I want to know why. What does this do? What makes this do this? And I didn't know I had an engineer's mind because I, I wasn't in an environment for somebody to tell me that A, you're an engineer, or you should be an engineer. You know, Mm -hmm. the way you approach things. It's just, nah, this is how I break things down. I like to break it all the way down so I can know what I can do with every part of it. So that leads me to trading, where, you know, fundamental analysis, most people tend to stick to that because it's what you know. You're reading it, you're getting some other people's opinions and all of that, and then they call uh, it uh, technical analysis, they call that astrology for men. So it's like it's something we get so invested in because you have to be a little bit more sharper and you got to understand world news and how things Mm -hmm. cycle. You have to remember this and that. So that side of trading attracted me because you can pretty much see a company's roadmap of what they're going to do based on the decisions they're going to make and always be ready. So Mm I made some good money with that, with, of course, the apples, the Teslas and everybody. And I started to recognize some patterns with Bitcoin. So I'm like, well, this looks like it's about to break out. It was about at $10,000 and I just started putting money in at $10,000. And that was the winter where Bitcoin really broke and broke past twenty. So now I'm taking this ride um, yeah. with Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, XRP, and all these companies. I don't really know too much about crypto besides what the general thing that it can mm-hmm. do is with an alternative asset or um, source of currency, but I'm killing the charts because the charts are not manipulated the same as the regular market. So it's just like clear as day, and I didn't have any points to kind of jump the gun on. So I'm like, well, how do I find out about that? So I started mm-hmm. to find out about white papers, or, and I yeah. went to my mom, let me go, uh, allow me to go to, um let me go like I'm a kid. She uh, provided a source, a source to get tickets to Emerge, and I went to Emerge, and I got to see Web3 and crypto and renewable energy businesses in front of my eyes, and it's just like, I know what I could do there, and I know how to improve that, and I know how this will work, and I know what company would take that, and it just dawned on me. It's like, man, my, my expertise that I gained just being a technical, worker, hands-on, um, in the field type of guy, but with my natural ability just to want to learn and add on, I created an opportunity for me to find where's the goal in the middle of these fields. So right. where, where at what point does the electrical industry and web three intersect? I'm there now and I can be an expert at both. So that got me to just dive straight in into web three full force, you no know, open back. Where, where, what is my next spot?
0: What, what, what do I need to learn? So, so by definition, just, just for the, for us laymen, uh, that don't know exactly what, you know, web three and blockchain is, can you give us kind of a, a, a breakdown on what it is? I know you spoke about, you know, the investing portion of it and, and understand, right. you know, and what you did in crypto and what you did in some of these areas um, investing, but what exactly, it, you know, if I was to go and tell someone, yeah, I had this conversation with Dan Trail today uh, about Web3 and blockchain, they said, what is that? What do I tell them?
2: Right. So, OK, so the now and, and again, I want people to understand you do not have to be an expert in every part of this. You just need to understand the general concepts and then find a place for you to get in. A lot of people, be to- you know, you, you or tech sales like just come in because this is the time to learn. But essentially, blockchain. Is one type actually? Because there's different types, but it's a decentralized ledger, meaning all of the information, no matter what the transactions are, we don't have to get deep into it, but they're not stored in one central location. So I taught uh, at the college and uh, related to them like related them like this, like uh, the United States. We all have states with representatives that are here to help us come to one consensus in what direction we want the country to go in. That's a blockchain concept, that we don't have a team. And it's not one source where you know one idea is coming and we all have to agree with it. Uh, Web 2.0, which is what we are, we're in now, all the servers are owned by the companies. So if Google wants to cut us off or if they want to take some of our data or do anything We don't have any leverage because we might be a content creator, but we're on your, we're on your uh, product, but you own everything on the back. I don't know what my numbers are, you know, really doing, like if I'm streaming or all these different uh, avenues. So Web3 is utilizing blockchain technology to just decentralize all of that. Like nobody owns where the data is stored. You own everything. Mm-hmm. If you're a YouTuber, YouTube can't tell you, "I don't like this type of content." Um, you have to take it down. Nope. It's decentralized. The server mm-hmm. is amongst everyone's computer. And if we all agree that we want to live in a place to where, like, we agree on what can happen and can't happen, and outside of that, nobody can bend the rules or use it against us, then that's what we agree on. So, let me wrap that up that uh, a little bit easier. Web3 is the next phase of the internet where we own everything we put on the internet. And this is a great opportunity for everybody. And for companies, it's a new way to streamline and implement other technologies that will give their businesses a face. So if you're wow. uh, a person, maybe a content creator or whatever, You're really going to make all the money that your content generates. And I promise,
0: go ahead. Go
2: ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just trying to compete with the big dogs. Everything's about it so much that if your plan is the right plan, you might be the We don't know if Google's going to exist. I mean, it's a good chance that we will, but it's just that much disruption in this this space.
0: So, I promise this is not a, a rhetorical question, it may sound like it but um so how do you how do you foresee this kind of this impacting the world in general obviously you know um the ownership piece is huge and being able to position ourselves to uh to maneuver and to implement technologies and these things, even as small players in the in a big world how do you how do you see this kind of generally impacting um kind of the world as we know it as we move forward
2: um, I, I, as a user or just a typical residential uh consumer or whatever the case may be, you have some of your leverage for that. So, um, imagine living in a world where yes, you sign up for the public and the see and Sam's card, and you know they're they want you for the data, but mm-hmm. them have really good data, you know, maybe even paying you for your data and allowing that to be. Collected stored as a uh, separate source of income to so where wow. every piece of data that was already being harvested when you typed your number in at the gas pump and all of this now mm-hmm. it's flipped now you have control over what kind of data you let out and they have to pay you so what if, what does that look like what is what if that translate to 350 a month you know from just all of that data you control. if you're willing to let out what about right. specific medical data that now you have control over and when you want it to be a part of a study it's a part of a study not when it's either done on the back end or you're you sign off on it but you're not properly compensated for how valuable uh wow you
0: know, like uh, even too bad. You know, henrietta lack didn't have that back in the day right when they used their sales to create <laughs> all the medicines that we know about um so that's that's an amazing Power,
1: um, power there. Um, the I autonomy I'm already... is important. Yes, yes. So, in a little bit of a shift of conversation, I want to talk, Dantrell, to about what you're doing now. So, let's talk a little bit about Apex Strategies and the work that you're doing in the field.
2: Okay, awesome. So, yeah, that actually gets us to where we, um, we catch up and you know roundabout with the with the story. So, at that point in time, I started signing up for boot camps, figuring out where my space would be. Um, I enter into a hackathon. Uh, I work with this team of people from all over the place. We win. So that lets me see that, okay, there's a space for an idea person to actually kind of um, find find a, a product to just, you know, get funded, get a uh, test, all of this while meeting different people who can help you along the way. And then Mayor Suarez has uh, hackathon, and I get to that, and I'm all like, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm like Mike Tyson, like, you know what? This is proven grounds. This is the next phase of my life, and I'm going that. My idea wins first prize. Um, and after that, I'm, I'm on to something because now I have lawyers calling me about is it made yet? Can we use it already? Uh, who are you working with? And, uh, you know, when I and the reason I highlight lawyers is because they know the legal side of it. So if they're like this, is right. something big, uh, this might be something big. So again, here I am, maybe not with all the right resources of trying to figure out how to do business in this space. So I'm, I'm pre- presented with two things. So uh, what we do at APEX is uh, we help companies figure out what that roadmap into what looks like, what's actionable right now far as what do we need to learn or what can we implement right away mm-hmm. and what, what does my field have on its horizon as far as technology uh, and possibilities so i help companies navigate that as you know for sure more the electrical companies because i have more of my um, nuanced knowledge there but in general sense it's so early you still have work to do just figuring out what the technology is and how can it generally be applied so i help there and What I can do special is, as pertaining to your workforce, I understand their language completely. I know hey in between the trucks. I know what they say in the meetings. I know what you present to them, what they like, what they don't like. And I know why, because I was one of the guys for 17 years. So I'm able to help you not only pick the right training methods based on what the outcomes are, but I can also help you um, you know, see how like some of the new things you want to implement, you know, give you the foresight to say, it, well, they're not going to like this because their contract, how their contract mm-hmm. is. Or based on how their organization is brand structurally or um, just from a higher level, like their set of guidelines. It's like, no, they're going to be against that because you're bringing in a technology that's going to replace people without a plan for people to transition. Now, if you can work that technology into maybe a new job or something that they can take on and learn and be ready for, now you are coming to them with a present instead of gloom and doom of my job is about to change forever and I'm not going to have it. And how are you going to probably test that when they don't have any buy-in? So that's another thing is like creating buy-in for this, um, this new technology is important.
0: So we have a couple we have a couple comments in the uh, in the the chat box that I'm going to throw in here. Um, One, the first one is uh, please come back to the topic of adapting uh, to workplace culture and being effective at some point. Oh, there it is. Uh, Are there any specific uh, specifics or ways of thinking about it uh, you found useful
2: that you found useful? Uh, so please come back to the topic. Okay, um, I mean you're speaking about it in terms of like when I was transitioning in the company and taking on the, you know, like the upskilling initiatives. Yeah,
0: so he's, he's talking specifically about the topic of adapting to workplace culture and being effective. Oh, okay. And 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 then are there some specifics that you can you can share um, yeah. that you found useful?
2: Definitely. Um, so like I said. Uh, I'm 34 now, and if you told me to go in any environment, in any country, any uh, community, I already know how to navigate a situation just from a general aspect of let me watch first. right? Let me see what's the right flow of things and see how do I fit in here. You know, I don't have to become a sheep for this country, right. but let me um, be net positive in approach instead of you know, letting my personality take over or, you know, I might be coming into a hostile environment, you know, let me figure that out. So at 18, this is not something, you know, because the jobs you have, they're all people your age. Y'all probably kick it anyway. It's probably somebody who looks just like you, somebody from high school or a school nearby. It's totally different from going into a job at 18 with the average work, um, I think the average age of the workforce is like 50. You know, mm-hmm. totally, different. and um, I've never had to look it up, but I can almost tell you, black linemen, I would say, are south of fifteen percent of linemen. Easily, as being very, very, very generous, very, very yeah. generous, and a lot of them are from places to where, and and I say this as well, we have our perception of certain people by how they talk and how they look, and. Now, at this age, I know I'm either right or wrong about it. Back right. then, you, you might just say, oh, no, all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Or you might even say, oh, that's something from the past. So just even being able to navigate that, like who's for you and who's against you. Uh, you know, like that's, that. That's a
0: huge, huge skill right there. Um, and thanks, Craig, black- from shift for that question. Uh, there's yeah, another question here for you. Okay. Uh, as, as an individual, where do you store your blockchain data on the blockchain to share with the world?
2: So, okay, now here's my stance on this. Uh, a lot of the hardcore blockchain crypto web free people want everything to be uh, just straight up. I guard my identity with my life and we're gonna do transactions and you can't tax my money. and understanding the world we live in that's not going to be real realistic Mm -hmm. 100 percent but i think it needs to be some of that to where the things you want to have maybe like your wealth and certain things uh self governed or whatever we all eventually agree on after regulation but Mm -hmm. there is some part of you that's still front facing to the government and people you have to deal with that has to we have to verify who you are and i think when this technology gets adapted, it's going to be a uh, personal use side of things, and there's going to be uh, a governmental or, or something obligation that you got to have to the country or your community or whatever, to where you can say, Hey, I'm a kill timber. This is my face. This is where I've worked at. This is my track record. So when you, you send sign. me this 1500 ETH, there's somebody to blame if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be things that you want to do where it's like, yo, that's none of the government's business. So me personally, I'm going to be diversified in that sense where um, I'm going to have things that are going to make make, make it easy for me to do business and live my life as a normal citizen. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to store it in blockchain um, protocols where it can be completely private and protected. But it's so many protocols now. That could be anybody because these companies have to make it through. So something like a high level decision like that for the long term, it's kind of hard to make that now because you got to see who's going to be around.
0: That's perfect. Um, We have another question. Devin Jenkins uh, from BDPA asks, uh, what's your take on NFTs and how beneficial or not uh, are they for wealth
2: creation? This is a perfect question. question This (laughs) kind of at the intersection again so i was an artist made music did everything all of that stuff for years that, that is going to change the game for that How mm. was presented to us as a way to just put money in and then money comes out that was already set up to fail from the start and uh, unfortunately a lot of people uh lost the momentum they have for it but trust me there's business use cases for NFTs that are going to be game changers. There's uh, arts and entertainment that are going to be game changers. I just went to East Denver. You signed in with your wallet everywhere you went collecting NFTs because that's further proof of things you need to do later. So keeping your community engaged as an artist, imagine selling an album, but the album's roadmap is three to six months that you're able to engage. Somebody like me, if I know I'm getting custody, sweater at this, private session, I'm going to be a part of that. So that's how we need to look at NFTs, not just what they tell us is valuable and then buying that and then holding it until value either goes up or down. We need to start thinking about how to create value with the technology. Wow, that makes sense.
1: That's very interesting. Um, (laughs) Definitely a lot to, to take in. It sounds like there are a lot of systems that are working together. And in that spirit, we've recently had the opportunity to begin our collaboration on developing registered apprenticeship programs in the IT space, particularly in data science and cybersecurity. So, Dan Trell, do you see um, apprenticeship opportunities related to what you're doing in the Web3 blockchain space? Yes, and
2: actually the app that I'm working on is built for uh, these type of... So abuse cases whether it's in the electrical industry but still uh touching in the aspects of training so my project uh turns your apprenticeship or any of your credentials into nfts for you to keep with you forever so an electrical uh alignment might live in florida one day and be in oregon the next day you have to keep mm-hmm. up with whatever you're capable of doing it it has to be verifiable there's a lot of fraud a lot of fake. We just saw that fifteen hundred nurses receive fake. Yes. Uh, right. So you know, and of course, everybody's thinking, "Well, yeah, I'm going to put it on the blockchain." But no, it has to further serve the company deeper. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing is a training system that tracks all of these high level credentials, stores them in a wallet, helps the company keep access to these to protect them from OSHA fines and all of and all of the things that come with that. Um, for you know being late with reestablishing the credentials or whatnot, the worker gets to keep all real proof signed to the company that I've been aligned here. I have CPR, I've had a history of doing this and the cool thing we're doing is carrying those skills um, to other jobs that might make sense for that person. So you might've been in, like myself, I was in new leadership for years. A lot of people say mm, that helps me be a great project manager. So where I'm only looking for a union job, there might be some kind of labor relations job available for me here that I never would have thought of. But our AI and machine learning tech is already gonna put that together and match that,
3: which Mm
2: all of your upskilling initiatives it adds on to your profile. If you add coding, now you know why we're coding this, that, and we're able to deliver these people around, but it serves everybody. So you can't just make a technology that serves one person. And then expect the other um, party to be on board with. Because you, you yeah. know the workers would say, Well, why why do I want to be tracked? Like, right. Well, led you to better opportunities. Oh, ah, okay, well, yeah, go ahead. Let's do that. But okay. I think that I
0: think that to that point, there seems to be, you know, I, I don't think that people put enough credit to transferable skills, right? Because that's kind of what you're you're saying that, yep. you know. No matter what area that you are currently working in or that you've been working in, there are some skill sets and some some skills that you have that are easily transferable. Um, and maybe some require some additional training, but they can be transferred into other areas. Um, you going from electric work, electrical work to going into what you're doing now. Um, you know, obviously a lot of your transferable skills was your own ambition. You're looking at, at, at these other, you know, pieces of the puzzle, um, in an analytical way and how you can put these things together and move forward. Uh, I'm wondering just kind of if, if, if I'm, um, uh, a nurse or if I'm, a you know, I don't think of a hundred different, uh, occupations and I want to get into, um, the blockchain and, and, and web three space. Um, what kind of, you know, besides some of the ones we just mentioned, what, what are some other maybe transferable skills that people can say, you know what, this is, was an interesting conversation. I think I want to look more into this. And what do I have to bring to the table? What are some kind of basic ones that you um, that you think might be, uh, you know, that
2: we could list that fits that? So at a core, any sales skills, um, any leadership roles where you know that you manage multiple people you're a great community of the workflow like those are just the basic skills of like every company has sales every company needs leaders so yeah. uh the good thing about you know the people that we have in the medical space we're usually doing a lot of the harder work in the in and out and the nuance and seeing what's well, like it might be a situation to where like Twelve percent of medicine get lost gets lost in between transactions because people might be stealing it or whatever the case may be. Creating a tracking system with NFTs or uh with it, I can go into all these different products, but using that that's a web three uh facing approach. Not only are you introducing that to the company, now this is your one chance in life to be the owner of that company that solves that twelve percent problem that might yeah. cost billions of dollars globally. You know, so you being able to take on that one percent globally by Mm -hmm. all the work you put in for the last 10, 15 years. Only you know that there's no coder, there's no programmer, there's no web3 person that did your job for 20 years. You know, all they have the technology runs. So this is the opportunity. So what we need to teach ourselves not just to be the implementers like everybody learn coding because we need to learn how it works. But let's mm-hmm. not ourselves up to be what the next um iteration of blue collar workers is only. Well we're only the ones coding. How about we learn how to code to bring some of these high level ideas and innovation to the table? So we're birthing multi-millionaires and billionaires that can really mm-hmm. go something in their community and hire locally and whatever they want to be like, this is that opportunity. So your, your background is your background. You already have the skill. of trucking, you work in a warehouse, you know the ins and outs. The
0: there you go. You
2: know what this tech can do and figure out how you can apply it.
0: I love it. Um, and I, I, it makes me think kind of as a good transition with even just that, um, you know, you talked a little bit about the fact that, you know, 50% was very generous as far as black linemen, right? and and you know and folks in that field um, that are black obviously the disparity of black professionals in in IT in computer science fields in um, you know I'm sure blockchain and web 3 uh, is probably a significant disparity as well. Um, what would you say or what would you think we can do um, to kind of confront this reality and, and, and change and provide additional opportunities for for um, Black folks get involved with it.
2: So I mentioned earlier about like how my dad introduced the like what the concept of watching science and history yep. at an early age, which spiraled on to the skill sets that I you know even though I went through my ups and downs, that one piece allowed me to just say go explore, um, figure mm-hmm. out, be curious, learn about things that may not matter to you right now. If we can start by getting our our kids early to think like innovators and to think like founders or brick and mortar on this book with, without the dollar-for-dollar dollar mindset, you know, how mm-hmm. to really run, how to really solve logistical problems effectively. If we could start that at the core, we wouldn't have a problem in the space because, again, this is a very uh, liberal space to where everybody's kind of accepting. It's only a whole bunch of white guys and Asian guys there because they... This is something that they want to do from early, you know. So they right. already tested, and by the time a boot camp comes, you know, and they say, "Okay, well, set up Python on your computer in the command line." You're asking, "What is a command line?" Right. That's why I'm like, "Okay, well, how do you do that?" And then yeah. I, I spent weeks trying to get my computer set up to learn how to code. So this is like mm-hmm. weeks before I even type the line of code, which is already aggravated. So how many people have enough ambition to spend four weeks trying to start the lunch? Yeah. Anybody, didn't have to have that much ambition. So we have, to and I, them-
0: like exposure is key, right? Exposure yeah. is key as well, because, you know, a lot of communities don't, they, none of this, this is completely foreign, right. right. As, as even a, a thing for a lot of communities. And, you know, I think where some of the places where you are from, I think when, um, you know, that you, that you shared with us earlier, um, you know, dropping this, you know, dropping this as, you know, this is something that you guys could do or something that you can be, a, um, you know, a factor in is, is key, 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 important concept. And I know that Net America has done some STEM um, programs and and we've done, you know, other of our partners have done um, some STEM and I know some organizations that really address STEM on the, on the, uh, the younger, you know, even like from five and up. Um, so, I think that your your point about, you know, kind of exposure and then that curiosity um, and, and really feeding that curiosity is, is key because we have, a you know, I think we have some future geniuses out there that know, you know, that that have a, a propensity for it and can, can start to, you know, put it together. So that I, I, I commend you and what you're doing on that. Um, we do have another question and I know we're coming to the end of this session, but uh, we do have another question. I want to make sure everybody gets the question in. Um, Dr. Robert Joseph uh, from Team MindShift also has a question. It says, uh, what are the downsides to being tracked? And what do you think is the balance of tracking versus non-tracking to address what you were saying a little earlier?
2: Uh, so there's there's a lot of nuance with that, but I would say the, the major downside is not having a say in it and not benefiting mm-hmm. from it. So yeah. that would change the game. Like I don't think we would be complaining about what ads pop up if their systems implemented was to say, well, if I watch the whole ad, will you give me some money? You know what I'm saying? Because now I know I'm the. Dem- I know you have all my demographic information. So what if I watch the whole ad? Can you give me some of that McDonald's money with you? You know, like right. that's what you want to do when we do want to leverage being tracked. And then there's things that I don't want being tracked. You know, if there's something that could be a threat to my life or um, it's. Anything in, in that sense, I want to be able to operate that from a private space as well. You know, so it's that's the upsides. The upsides are like now that you'll be able to leverage what's being tracked. The downsides are, you know, what we're living in now. Like Google knows everything about you. They, they claim they know you better. Right. You know, so right. we're we're living in the downside. So the next transition over, if it's not leveraging our own uh data then there is no upside we just continue on in what we have now so
0: makes sense makes sense well man i i think um i think this has been i can't believe it's already we're already 47 minutes in because i feel like we could talk for another hour um but we're coming to the end of this session really really appreciate all the information um the stories the you know the the insight um that you provided thank you amara for your uh, questions and participation. Um, I'm going to bring, we're going to bring, uh, Devin Jenkins from BDPA back in here mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, we're going to close this out, but before we, before we do that, are there any other, um, messages you want to give out to the people? What do you have going on? What do you have coming up? Um, I know if, if anybody checks your LinkedIn, you are a busy, busy man and you have quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit going on. So we're very fortunate to have you today. Um, so Give us what you, what, what's coming up. What should we be looking out for? And what do you think we should be, uh, you know, where we should be paying attention to uh, in regard to Web3 and blockchain? Uh,
2: uh, it's simple. I think uh, starting with Florida Memorial, uh, March 25th through 26th, we have our hackathon there. That's going to be a very low barrier to entry hackathon. You don't need to know how to code. We're going to have volunteers there on site. We're just helping people get through the ideation phase. Like how can I make a good with this technology? It's gonna be cash prizes, job opportunities, all that. So you know that's how we approach it. Um, I think I'm gonna, you know, I, maybe I'll announce it later, but I might kind of strengthen my tie with Florida Memorial. You kind of navigate to the HBCU side of HBCU. So um, hopefully I, I have something on LinkedIn for, uh, with that announcing that. But um, yeah, just jumping directly in the community, using Miami Gardens as a springboard. Um, you know, I'm the Blacks and Tech uh, president of Miami chapter. So getting everybody involved on a local level from here to Palm Beach, that's what we're working on. And yes, a lot of programs with the kids, like we want to get them ready early. Um, mm-hmm. Still for adults as well. So just, yeah, just follow me on all platforms. As much information I come across, I'm just giving it out, you know.
0: And you talked about florida a lot and and i know that's where your your home base and 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 i promise you i'm not stalking you but i know you're doing some stuff in denver too right
2: yeah so i just came from the eve denver conference so that was me just kind of seeing you know the lay of the land figuring out what's next for the enterprise side of blockchain and how can we implement i know you know brick was right down the street you know so if the big money ain't bought in yet then this is going to take a little bit longer. So, you know, what do they need? What do what do the big time realtors need? FinTech. So, just seeing what that landscape was, and also looking for educational resources and connecting with companies. So, that was a great conference uh, uh, for everybody on all levels. So, I would say attend that next year. But look, look at one of these e conferences anywhere. They're all over the world. You know, pick one, pick a place you always wanted to be to have e global fairs. If you always want to go to Paris. just knock out two birds with once at home. Perfect.
0: perfect. I think yeah. that's great. And thanks again for your time. I'm going to pass it on to, to Devin, um, but I look forward to talking to you again very soon and us doing some work together. So uh, appreciate yeah. you. Devin, you're
3: up. Thank you, Akil, and thank you, Dan Trail, for sharing with us today. Uh, this has definitely been a great conversation and a timely one. Um, that's relevant in today's age and where technology is and continues to head. So thank you all for joining us today. Uh, I, I'm usually here at the beginning, but I was going a call with my manager that I could not get out of <laughs> out to get here in time, but I knew you were in good hands with Akil and Lamar. So uh, thank you as always for joining our BDPA Tech and Career Talks. Uh, we'll be back with even more conversations than we've done in the past in partnership with Vanguard and Net America. So I'm excited to continue this partnership around apprenticeships and workforce development and continuing to have these conversations around technology I and mean, seeing technology leaders who look like us and who are allies for us I'm mean, and making sure that we continue to move forward the mantra of BDPA, which is advancing careers from the classroom to the boardroom. Um, so since I didn't do my skill in the beginning, I will just say, if you are a first-timer, BDPA is Black Data Processing Associates. We've been around since 1975, um, developing careers and computer programming skills in youth, as well as being a forum for networking and professional development uh, for those who are in the IT field. So uh, thank you for joining us. We have our Tech and Career Talks second and fourth Friday of each month. Uh, so we'll be back here pretty soon with another speaker. Uh, to keep this the energy going um but if you look in the in the comments uh you'll see a link for uh the tech and career talks so bdpa.org backslash tech and career talks we have our recordings from all of our previous talks listed on there um this one will be out there as well pretty soon and also on our youtube channel uh which is national bdpa so make sure you go out there and subscribe Um, i also have the link for our national conference which is coming up in atlanta in august uh, so make sure you register for BDPA Con 23. Uh, it will be a treat. You don't want to miss it. Um, I also see a link out there for Vanguard to make sure you connect with uh, Vanguard Consulting Group, LLC. And I saw another one, I think was Net America. So I want to make sure everybody gets love. Uh, make sure you That's connect right. with everyone you've seen today. Uh, we're all doing great things and we're stronger together. So thank you for joining. Uh, Keel, Lamar, I'll turn it back over to you to close out. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you
0: again to Dan Trail. Thank you, Devin, for the platform. We uh, we are very excited to have the partnership with BDPA, definitely our partnership with NetAmerica. And um, let's keep doing this, man. This is fantastic. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, everyone.